You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. Rocking without Pat today. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Pascal Siakam going to the Indiana Pacers. What does that mean for the Eastern Conference and Zach Levine's trademark? We're also going to talk about the dip, the door for Zach Levine to go to the Los Angeles Lakers has officially been slammed closed. And will the Bulls be buyers or sellers at this year's trade deadline or bystanders? Let's talk about it all and more on today's Locked on Bulls. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central YouTube pages and podcasts. Go and check it out. Uh, by the way, uh, we are here. We uh, Sorry. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into it for today. So Pascal Siakam, as the basketball world knows at this point, has been moved and traded to the Indiana Pacers in a deal that included Bruce Brown and three first-round picks. Now, the two first-round picks in 2024 are one of the Indiana Pacers' own 2024 picks, and another one is coming from a mixture of, like, Houston, Utah, just depending on what is the lower end of that deal. And then they get a top-four protected first round pick in 2026, which is the interesting part of this. Now, Pascal Siakam and his camp have already said they will not be signing a contract extension with anybody who were to trade for him. He has full intentions of going out and testing that trade, uh, that, that free agent market for himself when he does hit free agency at the end of this season, which means that it's a calculated risk by the Indiana Pacers. Yes, they gave up the three first round picks. Uh, like I said, that last one being heavily protected. But when you look at the 2024 draft, it's not projected projected to be the deepest draft doesn't mean that talent won't and can't come out of that draft it just means it's not projected it doesn't have that high-end talent that some of these drafts have in it so the Pacers were willing to take that risk and I have to commend the Indiana Pacers for being a team that they got Tyrese Halliburton and they have remained aggressive in trying to find ways to increase the ceiling of that team It'd be nice if we were able to say that about the Chicago Bulls. We can't. It is what it is. But the Pacers have been very aggressive, even getting Bruce Brown uh, to that team from the defending champion uh, Denver Nuggets. And then seeing that, hey, we have a chance to add a better player than him for this contract. And yeah, we got to give up, take a little on a little risk with first round picks and things like that. But they're doing it, right? And they are a team that sees, they, I believe right now, fifth in the Eastern Conference, I believe. And they're taking their chance to try to move up those standings and seeing what they can do. And Pascal Siakam is no slouch at all, right? You don't want to, is he Is he a, a superstar level player? No, but he is a player that brings, um, you know, uh, to raise their offensive ceiling can be that, that, that mate with Tyrese Halliburton. He's averaging 22 points, uh, six rebounds, five assists on 52% shooting. And is hitting the three ball at 31% solid enough. And so with that said, um, they're adding a player that's better than the player that they gave up. They've maintained all of their depth on top of that, which, you know, you want that, especially if you're gearing up for a playoff run. And yeah, 
defensively, they they lack some things, right? The Indiana Pacers have been not the best defensive team in the league, so they're kind of doubling down on offense, but Pascal still brings a player that can play defense. He's their seventh right now in the Eastern Conference. I think I said fifth. Seventh right now in the Eastern Conference is 23-17. and 17. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, but then when you look at the teams around them, they're only a half game behind both New York and Miami to get out of that play-in, and then they are only one and a half games back of the Cleveland Cavaliers for the fourth seed. So the Pacers, in a lot of ways, what the Knicks, who also made it, made a move, are the two teams so far in the Eastern Conference that have made moves to try to win now. Pacers taking a little bit more risk than, than the Knicks did with OG Ananobi, but it's a solid deal. And Toronto gets what they want, too. Bruce Brown's contract is non-guaranteed next season. It has a team option on it. They can, they can come off that deal, let him hit free agency, and boom, $20 million off the books uh, right there for them if they want to try to do something. And with the Pacers, the risk with this with the Pacers also, um, they can have $46 million in projected cap space next year if Pascal does walk that they can try to get aggressive with either in trades or in free agency. So, you know, it's it, all things included, the Pacers have taken a risk, a big one, um, and but they, they've made an aggressive move to now try to, to see if they can get with one of those teams in the top three. Can they catch up with the Bostons, the Milwaukee's, the Philadelphia 76ers? On paper, at least, I'll give them some credit to say that they can to a degree. Right. You got to see how this team is going to come together. You got to see if they could be able to stay healthy. Um, but this this is a move that I like for both teams for what their motivations and what their goals were in this. And so, listen, a, a, the, the bigger question in this now is what does this mean for the trade value of Zach Levine? Right. And that's how we can bring this back to the Chicago Bulls. We have another topic on Zach uh, in regards to going to the Lakers. But what does this mean for Zach Levine? That is one of the bigger questions now in this whole scenario. And when you look at Pascal getting three first round picks back and before anybody says it, oh, it's the contract is the contract. He only makes what two and a half million dollars less than Zach Levine. Zach also has longer on that deal with depending on how you look at it can be positive or negative. I've always said this, right? That trade market, that rumor that the trade market is not, is there's no market for Zach Levine. I only agree. I, I agree with that to a certain extent. The value that the Bulls hold Zach Levine in, there may not be a market at that value. What the Bulls are going to have to probably ask themselves in trying to move Zach Levine, which we've also heard today, that the Bulls, this is from Casey Johnson, that the Bulls still remain focused on moving Zach Levine and retooling the roster. So when you combine all those things together, there's only a couple of different scenarios that that, that make sense here for what's happening. Either teams are trying to lowball the Chicago Bulls to hope they can slide in there, get Zach Levine for matching salaries and maybe a couple picks or something like that, or the, the Chicago Bulls are playing this thing so close to the vest that... It, it, there's not much coming out of the Bulls camp on what that may be. Combination between the two, right? The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. But when you look at Zach Levine and some of the players that were moved, right? For example, the, the Pascal Siakam deal. Uh, he's younger than Pascal Siakam, not by a whole heck of a lot, but I believe he is younger than Pascal. Maybe they're around the same age. The contracts are nearly the same. The production, at least this season, is almost identical between the two players as well. But then outside of that, when you look at when you compare that in with the Bradley Bill trade, Bradley Bill much older than Zach Levine and what was considered a worse deal. So I, I just don't believe that there's no marker for Zach Levine. It just comes down to what value does this Chicago Bulls front office 
hold Zach Levine at and how far will they have to come down off that value if what, and sorry, it wasn't Casey Johnson, it was Joe Cowley. If what Joe Cowley is saying is true, that the Bulls are still focused on reloading this roster using a Zach Levine trade to do so. That's the bigger question here. And so I I think you got to look at this. If you look at it objectively outside of all the noise that's happened on social media and things like that, I just don't believe there's no marker for Zach. And even if there is technically no marker for Zach, as these teams keep striking out, keep in mind, the Pacers weren't mentioned as as a team that was interested in, the, in Pascal Siakam until almost the 11th hour. Teams like the Kings, teams like the Lakers, teams like, you know, other teams that were rumored in being interested in Zach Levine were, were rumored to also be focused on Pascal Siakam. They struck out. If a team slides in there and gets DeJounte Murray that is not expected, it's it, teams are absolutely going to pivot and move towards Zach Levine. The bigger question at that point becomes, is the deal that they get for Zach, the offers that they get for Zach, is it something that, that the Bulls would be willing to bite on? Is it worth their wild? And the Bulls still hold all the leverage in the Zach Levine trade. They don't have to trade Zach Levine. Much to the chagrin of many of the pundits out there and the national media analysts, the Bulls still, like Zach Levine is under contract. If they don't get a deal that they like, unless Zach Levine turns into a huge distraction, which it doesn't seem like he will, the Bulls are not in a place where they are right now forced to move Zach Levine just because him and his camp want to get moved. So it's completely possible that the Bulls wait to the offseason and maybe at the NBA draft, maybe after the draft when teams kind of figure out what did and did not happen. So the Levine market, I believe it's going to be there. I believe it's going to be there at this trade deadline, but that doesn't mean that the Bulls front office has to bite at this trade deadline. They got time. They hold the leverage. And ultimately, we're going to see where it ends up. And I do think some of those teams that are rumored out on Zach Levine can quickly become back in on the prospect of trading for Zach Levine once they keep striking out on these other players, these other rumored teams that that uh, that wanted Zach Levine or were out on Zach Levine. So let me know what you guys think is always on that down below. If you're on the YouTube side, if you're on the podcast side, we'll tell you guys how to get in your thoughts. Before next up, we're going to be talking about the Lakers. The door may be possibly closed and shut on Zach Levine going to the Lakers if David McMiniman is is to be believed. But before we talk about that, I got to talk to you guys about a couple of our sponsors. And the first one is PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports and or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. What Want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can find how you can find now community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize pick community each week. So, so go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, with that said as well, we got to talk to you guys about our next sponsor, and that is LinkedIn. 
At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours or less. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, LinkedIn, the process initiative, quick and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. And of course, terms and conditions do apply. All right. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, another day, another Zach Levine trade rumor and or update. This time coming from David McMiniman and talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and basically said flat out for any Lakers fans that is holding out hope that the Lakers could trade for Zach Levine, they might as well let that go. Per David McMiniman, what he's hearing is that the Lakers have now pivoted their focus towards point guards, specifically DeJounte Murray. But then even outside of DeJounte Murray, players like um, Tyrus Jones and Colin Sexton are now higher up on their trade board than what it is for trying to acquire Zach Levine. There's a couple of different reasons for that, right? When you look at the Lakers who recently made a change to the lineup, seems to like help that team kind of play a little bit better. They're looking for a point guard to bring it all together. And one thing that we do know with Zach Levine, whether you're one of the, his biggest fans or detractors, you know that Zach Levine, a point guard, he is not. He actually moved from being a point guard in college to a shooting guard in the NBA because of his ball handling eh, was a little bit iffy there, right? So hearing that the Lakers now are focused on players that aren't as good as Zach Levine, let's be clear. I like Tyus Jones. I would have loved to see Tyus Jones become a Chicago Bull this past offseason. Again, that was before we knew uh, that, that Kobe White was going to take the ascension that Kobe White took. And then Colin Sexton, who was a player that is, is really good. I, I'm not saying that Colin Sexton is bad, but he's not Zach Levine, at least not in his ability to score the basketball. So to hear now that the Lakers are so far off the Zach Levine trade wagon that those players are being prioritized over Zach Levine, it raises a lot of questions, right? Now, is this posturing by the Los Angeles Lakers? It absolutely could be. I want to be clear on that. This could be the Lakers ploying to hope that Zach Levine's trade value is going to dip. And just in case they do miss out on these other players, it's now been rumored that they're interested in Tyus Jones and Colin Sexton, something that we've, it's it's not out the realm of possibility for teams to do that and to try to forward think and play a little, uh, uh, not, well, not Monopoly, what am I talking about? A little 3D chess with the Chicago Bulls. The bigger question you have to ask yourself in all of this, right, is that, if this is a, if this truly is where the Lakers now sit on Zach, a team that was keep in mind they were they, Darnell Mayberry just as soon as as two three weeks ago said that the Lakers were still the front runner to land Zach Levine despite all the noise around them looking at other candidates. So, depending on how you take it, and all these rumors and things like this are always to be taken with a grain of salt. But if if the Lakers have truly moving off Zach Levine, that has to be a wake up call for not only Zach and the Bulls but his management team as well. Keep in mind, LeBron James is managed by Clutch Sports. 
Uh, so, you know, it's not like it's, it's nothing there. So you got to ask yourself the question uh, of what's happening, what's happening there. Um, I still, you know, per what we talked about before, I don't believe there's no market for Zach Levine. I just refuse to. But a team like the Lakers, who are potentially pushing up to that second, second tax apron, um, maybe they're looking at it and saying maybe Zach isn't the player worth going into that second tax apron for. Or, like I said, it all could come down to being a ploy by the Los Angeles Lakers. But I, I, uh, while, I, while I say take it seriously, to a degree, with that grain of salt that I mentioned, also keep in mind this. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Let a team in the Western Conference make a big trade. Let, let for example, and no, it's not going to be the Kings, but let, let's, let's say, for example, a team in the Western Conference above the Lakers does trade for DeJounte Murray. The Lakers are one of the most reactionary front offices in the league, right? Shout out them for winning two in a row, but let, let the Utah Jazz make a deal that makes that team better. Let the Dallas Mavericks make a deal who reportedly were trying to be in on the Pascal Siakam trade. Let them make a trade that makes that team better. The Los Angeles Lakers are going to react and they're going to try to use their assets to get any player they can at that point. And don't overlook the Sacramento Kings either who were interested in Pascal Siakam could potentially pivot back towards Zach Levine as well. But the Lakers being in and out on trades, it doesn't surprise me because, again, the Lakers are one of the most reactionary front offices in, in basketball. They kind of have to be with that fan base. So we'll end up seeing what happens with that. I do think that this does need to be a wake-up call for Zach, and that may be why you see Zach taking such a um, a approach, a focused approach on his defensive side of the ball since he's come come back from injury. Zach's been focused. This has probably been the most focused I've seen Zach Levine defensively almost since he's been in the NBA. I'm talking about on-ball, off-ball defense. He's just focused. He still gets blown up uh, off-ball sometimes, but, you know, that just comes with the territory. But this may be that wake-up call that we need. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see with that. I, 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 like I said, I think to a degree, you have to look at this and say, uh, this may be some noise. This may be some noise around Zach. I don't necessarily trust everything that, that comes out of the Los Angeles Lakers camp because you can't, you just can't. Um, and when they're still looking at players like D'Angelo Russell to try to step up for the team, while they're still looking for players like, like Austin Reeves to step up some, you know, and he's been on a slump here recently. I would think that the Lakers are probably going to eventually be back in on the Zach Levine trade market if they don't complete one of these other deals. Now, it does make a lot of sense. You know, they brought uh, D'Angelo Russell back into the starting lineup yesterday, um, and that that really did help that team. I think it was two games ago. Um, but don't be surprised if they're doing that, not necessarily because they think it's going to be this thing that unlocks something with this roster, but they want to get D'Angelo Russell's trade market back up as well. And they're going to be looking to move that contract, I think. So, you know, I, I, not that I that I distrust that David Miniman actually heard that. I do believe that he did hear that from somebody in the Lakers camp. I just don't trust that it's going to stay that way. And that's what you always have to look at when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. Not necessarily that it's not true right now, but what's true for the Lakers today on Thursday may not be true for the Lakers on Saturday, which may not be true for the Lakers when you get closer to that February 8th trade deadline. So just keep that aware. I know there's going to be a lot more noise as other, other pieces come off the board, other dominoes fall. We got OG gone now. Pascal's gone. DeJounte Murray, all the other pieces that the Atlanta Hawks could be looking to move. Then you got, of course, some of those pieces down in Utah that, that, that they may be looking to move as well. 
as those as more of those start falling, do not be surprised if you start hearing teams be back in on Zach Levine. And the Los Angeles Lakers may be one of the teams that are at the forefront of that if they strike out on these other deals. We'll end up seeing what comes down to it. I'm just here to state my opinion. You guys, as always, can let me know your opinion. Maybe you think I'm off my rocker. I am a little crazy. That is what it is. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about the Bulls being buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, or maybe bystanders. Buyers, sellers, bystanders. And it seems to fit the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but before we get into that, I got to talk to you guys about another one of our sponsors, and that is Game Time. You shouldn't worry about when you buy tickets uh, to your next event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With last-minute killer deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I'm telling you guys, Use game time unless you're buying tickets to that Ashanti, Ja Rule, and Nelly concert. You're a loser if you do that. Don't do that. Don't be a loser. Be smart. Use game time to buy quality tickets to quality events. Nobody wants to see Nelly and Ja Rule in 2024. With that said, game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. When you arrive, all in prices show your total upfront, so you know that you're getting the best deal before you check out. Buy tickets in two in two taps and in two seconds. Uh, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use redeem code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Bulls fans, we want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, especially when I'm solo without Pat. It is what it is. Pat out here doing big things. Did y'all see Pat the Designer call out David Kaplan on the most recent episode of the Chicago Bears podcast? Make sure you guys go and check that out. Pat the Designer is killing it over there. But with that said, before we go, I want to talk about this thing. The trade deadline is fast approaching. We're a little over two and a half weeks now from the NBA trade deadline, and everybody is asking, what is this going to mean for the Chicago Bulls? We have the Zach Levine piece, which we already talked about, uh, DeMar DeRozan, an appending contract extension or not with the Chicago Bulls, which could make him available at that trade deadline. We also have pieces that the Bulls don't want to move, but teams are very interested in, and Andre Drummond and Alice Caruso that, that could also be moved. And then there's more rumblings around Lonzo Ball's contract being used in a deal to bring talent to this team. With those kind of things out there, right? I don't expect Patrick Williams to be moved. I don't expect Io, no, nobody else in the starting lineup, unless it's included in a bigger deal. Javon Carter may be included as a as a throw-in piece. Not throw-in, that's disrespectful. But he may be a piece that's added into a larger deal as well. But does that mean the Bulls are going to be buyers, sellers, or bystanders at the trade deadline? And I want to I want to make a case for each one, right? Buyers. To a degree, I think if you are using the Lonzo Ball contract, that means you are trying to use a salary that you're not getting anything out of to bring talent back in. It's hard not to say you're a buyer if you're trying to use that contract. Me and Pat have talked about how this really different than what AK and Eversley have done if they do use Lonzo's contract to bring in talent to this team. This is a front office that typically likes to stay the course and likes to wait on talent to get back healthy before they make decisions. They don't like giving up on players that they brought up to the team. So I think if you see that Lonzo contract um, uh, used, they're absolutely being buyers at that point. More commonly, they're going to be sellers. 
This core doesn't work. Something that everybody's talked about, your favorite Bulls pundit, and has talked about it, I'm sure, at, if I'm not your favorite Bulls pundit, and Pat, because, you know, we're amazing. Um, but outside of that, everybody's talked about it. The core of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic just do not work. There's too much data. There have been too many years. We've seen it. We've, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, you can convince yourself that two out of the three with the right mix of other players on the roster could potentially work, but I I, I would not be surprised if we see at least two of the, of the core three players moved at this trade deadline. Now, I can't say that there are going to be buyers in that case because I don't think the market for like a DeMar is super high when he's hitting free agency, but then again, Pascal Siakam got three first-round picks, so maybe I'm wrong on that. The Zach Levine thing, we've already talked about that. I think if the Bulls were willing to include Alice Cruz or Andre Drummond in that, that trade would probably get done tomorrow. The Bulls seem, because they want to still compete, they are looking for win-now pieces, and they've made that known. So there's a case for them being sellers as well with the pieces that we've talked about, um, specifically the trade rumors around Zach Levine, the lack of extension for DeMar DeRozan, that all leads it to being this potential for the Bulls to be big-time sellers for major pieces of their roster by the trade deadline. And then there's the, the other scenario, the dreaded, the dreaded scenario, the scenario that we've already been in for the last two trade deadlines, and that is the Chicago Bulls sit the trade deadline out without making major moves. Now, the first year that the Bulls, that this team came together, it did not make sense to trade off major pieces of your roster when you had just formed the team together. That's why they didn't. We ended up getting Tristan Thompson as a buyout candidate. You then flip that, and then the following trade deadline, we all knew Lonzo wasn't coming back. This front office was still holding out hope. They, they realized it wasn't going to happen by February like they hoped. They, they missed out on, on the trade deadline. They ended up getting Pat Bev as a buyout candidate. While it is still a likely scenario, depending on what happens, I really hope that this front office doesn't just be a bystander again when we have pieces of this core that clearly aren't working and you got to do something. Now, I'm not saying to expect the Bulls to make a huge move. We've gone way past that. We've gone way past you. When people show you who they are, you got to believe them until they show you different. But what I'm saying is that I hope they show is different, right? This core isn't working and you now have players the young players and Kobe that has stepped up. Kobe has shown you now that he's stepped up. He is ready. Patrick Williams, before he went down with his injury, was starting to show those signs. Iles turning it, rounding out to a really nice, versatile bench weapon for you that's going to find a way to impact the game. You got young players in the wings like Julian Phillips, Ernalot Batim, um, Adama Sonogo. You got those players out there in the wings as well. Daylon Terry, who's playing a little bit more minutes. This is the time for the Bulls to move off ball-dominant players and to try to build a team that is more fluid in how they get their offense. We saw a glimpse of it. We got to see a glimpse of it. And so it's up to this front office to make a decision on this roster. And the thing that, that's been so bad about this roster is that it seems like they hold on to things so tight that they end up waiting until all the life is strangled out of it. And then by the time that happens, now they're looking to breathe life back into it. We can't keep being that team that you're waiting to breathe back life into a roster that has shown you it does not work and it's dead. You cannot continue to do that. You can't. So at the end of the day, you got to see what this team is going to, what, what this front office is going to do, how they're going to continue to evolve it. And I'm not saying that they need to sell everything off. We've, they've already said it. A rebuild is not coming. A reshaping, a retooling, maybe. But it's not coming. A rebuild is not coming. And if you're not going to fully rebuild this roster, the thing that you can do then is change the mix. 
You're not going to change the coach, right? That's the only other option. When you have a roster that's shown you this much that it doesn't work, you have two options. You change the roster or you change the head coach. Billy Donovan's contract extension hasn't even kicked in yet. That kicks in next season. Billy ain't going nowhere. I would love to be able to sit here and tell you that the Bulls would be willing to move off Billy Donovan and find a great head coach that can come in and change the, the makeup of this roster that's going to be a strong leader and change the It's not happening. I'm not even. I'm not here to sell you a dream. That's what AK is here for. I'm not selling dreams. What are they going to do? Do they look at this roster and say, is it time now? It remains to be seen. Let's hope it's not another completely quiet trade deadline. It might be, though. But you guys, as always, can let me know what you guys think on that down below, man. Th guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. I want to remind you guys that Locked on Bulls is free and available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as YouTube and the Odyssey app. If you want to follow me, you can do so at uh, CEO Hayes. If you want to follow Pat, do so at Pat the Designer. And, uh, yeah, for Pat, this has been Locked on Bulls. I'm Hayes. And we up out here. We'll see you guys tonight after the game, y'all. Peace.